Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Hamas may have cracked. The question is, will Israel? And I don't think they should, and I don't think you should. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833-468-8669. 833-GOT-TONY. That's the number. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. According to Iran, Hamas will release the hostages if Israel stops the airstrikes. 199 hostages believed to be held by Hamas that they obtained during that attack last week that has murdered 1,400 people, and that number may still go up. The Palestinian Health Ministry says over 2,000 Palestinians have been killed in the air raids. Well, they put military targets next to civilians because they want a death count. They don't care about life. They don't care about children. And all through the weekend, social media wanted to know, how come I don't care about the children? Dear Lord, I've got Rashida Tlaib saying, I can't believe I have to beg my country and colleagues to value every human life, no matter their faith or ethnicity. That's right. The, the Black Lives Matter supporters are now all about the All Lives Matter. This is precious, people, but let's get a little bit of focus. Hamas is a terrorist organization, attacked Israel, came through uh, the border in Gaza, came by air, came uh, uh, in, in trucks, murdered everybody they could. I don't listen to the people say to me, why, or why are you okay with children being killed? I'm not okay with children being killed. Yes, but that's what Israel's doing. As Gad Saad described it the other day uh, in social media, uh, he's the guy who wrote The Parasitic Mind. Uh, this is AOC, not Representative Ocasio-Cortez, but amnesia of causality. And you will note that in every conversation regarding Israel that the left now wants to have about the killing of this one, the death of this one, and the poor civilians, this one, there's no mention of the terrorist attack that murdered 1,400. It's like it didn't happen. Yeah, 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 whatever. But look what Israel's doing now. And you then end up with people, this is Canada, who want to tell you that Hamas is just fine. They're not a terrorist organization. What's wrong with you? Hamas is not a terrorist group. Oh, it isn't, ma'am. First of all, Hamas is not okay. a terrorist group. Hamas is not a terrorist group. What is it, like a motorcycle it a club? It is a resistance that has been fuming for 75 years of colonialism, of occupation, of murder, of rape, of little children, of women. No, it is a group that is a terrorist organization that wants Jews dead. You wouldn't accept a homeland then. You wouldn't accept a homeland when it was offered to Yasser Arafat. You don't want a homeland. You don't want a two-state solution. You want dead Jews. Now, I've gotten some people saying to me, Tony, can we talk about something else? Can we at least get this part understood? That I've got Canadians supporting the Palestinians 
by making a claim that is clearly false. Of course, Hamas is a terrorist organization, and they want other people to believe this. Like Rashida Tlaib wants me now to value every human life. She won't even condemn Hamas. Congressman Andre Carson of Indianapolis will not condemn Hamas. You have Ilhan Omar, the congresswoman from Minnesota, putting out photos saying, look at what Israel's doing, it's despicable. It was a photo from a, an attack experienced in Syria in 2013? It has nothing to do with Hamas attacking Israel. But if, it can, if she can blame Israel, go after Israel, attack Israel, she's good with it. The amnesia of causality. No recognition of what Hamas has done. Everything is Israel's fault. And this is the way these pro-Hamas folks speak. Also, just for clarity, I don't listen to anybody who tells me they're pro-Palestinian. This is a bunch of horse crap. That doesn't even make any sense. You are pro-Hamas. There's a difference. There's a difference between wanting people to live free and supporting the killing of Jews. And the difference is you would actually support people who want to live free. And in order for the quote-unquote Palestinians to live free, you know what has to happen? You have to get rid of Hamas, you schmucks. What, are we talking to ourselves here? But they're purposeful in in their ignorance. And they believe that the press and others will go along. And just so we're clear, if Israel should engage a ground invasion, these people will forget Hamas ever did anything. It will all be about those oppressive Israelis. Those oppressive Israelis turned the water back on. I would not have done it. Israel does not owe Gaza any water. It's not, it's not a war crime. What a bunch of garbage. Said by ignorant people like Representative Ocasio-Cortez and others. There is a spectacular piece spectacular piece from uh, USA Today. You can actually find it at TonyCats.com. I posted it. It's spectacular. And the piece is that the siege is legal under international law. They cut off the water. They cut off the power. They cut off food. It is not incumbent upon another nation to provide another nation food or water or energy. They have a government. It's run by Hamas. They're not interested in water or sewer treatment. What they are interested in is ripping the pipes out of the ground so they have rocket launchers. You know that happens, right? Hamas ripped the sewage pipes and the water pipes out of the ground because it doesn't matter if the people of Gaza have running water or sewer systems for sanitation. What matters is Hamas has rockets to shoot at Israel and kill Jews. I'm not the first person to say it, but I certainly understand it. Israel uses rockets to protect its people. Hamas uses people to protect its rockets. This piece over at USA Today, it's so good I'm amazed USA Today even allowed it to be published. It is excellent in a conversation about what is or isn't a violation of the law. I bring this all up. Because Iran, the other day, through the United Nations, said, hey, uh, Israel, first, you're recognizing Israel now? This is happening? Uh, Hey, uh, Israel, uh, you don't attack us, and we won't attack you. How about that? How about that? We'll make a deal. That has led me to believe that Iran and Hamas did not expect this reaction from Israel.
They expected the world to tell Israel, calm down, woke up, whoa, no, don't get too angry. Oh, no, we need to have a proportional response. They didn't understand that Israel as a country would say, oh, we're done with these bastards. Let's go. Let's go. Gear it up. Gear it up. Bring, all, bring them all in. Bring it all in. It's the Bill Hicks routine. What does B-12 do? And they press the button and it flies over and a bomb drops. And the two guys in the, in the silo go, cool. What does B-13 do? And they hit another button. And right? Just try things. Just take them out. Just end this. Netanyahu said he was going to end Hamas. Now we're hearing that from the Iranian foreign ministry, Hamas will release the hostages, but doing so would be impossible under Israeli airstrikes in the region. Um, Look, the objective is to get back the hostages. I don't actually believe that Israel's objective is to rule Gaza, although I'm fine with it. Oh, I am totally fine with it. Just for the sake of of, of clarity, I am a Zionist. I believe that Israel has the right to exist, and I believe that Israel has the right to defend itself. I would be fine with taking Gaza back, it is Israel, and killing every last Hamas member. If you say to me, well, what about the children, Tony? What about the children? And I'm, I'm going to look you in the eye and say, what about them? I'm in a war. I shouldn't say I because I'm not in it, right? Being Jewish doesn't put me in the war. Maybe a, a, a different kind of connection to Israel or feeling about Israel, but it doesn't put me in the war. It doesn't put you in the war. Um, this, is, this is Israel, and Israel doesn't have to live like this. And I think that Israel should take back Gaza, kill every Hamas member, and then try your best to integrate people into society again. That's what I think should happen. Uh, there are people who disagree with me. There are people who disagree with me and say, no, 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 you don't, you don't want any part of it. Let, let Gaza be Gaza. Let's just have a different level of, of rule and let these Palestinians, uh, quote unquote, actually have their own lives. Well, okay. I'm good with that too. It's not like my way has to be the only way. But anything that doesn't involve the outright destruction of Hamas doesn't count. Is failure. Is a mistake. Just as a matter of, of tactics, it's a mistake. So now we look at this. We know that what Israel wants is to get these hostages back. I wouldn't stop the shelling until they actually handed me all the hostages. Once I get all the hostages, I stop the shelling. Once I get all the hostages, I stop the bombing. And I hope that Israel goes down that road. Do not stop. Do not be decent. Now you say to me, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're going to put Israel in a whole heap of trouble. They have to do these things in order to get their people back. Maybe. I think that Hamas should be shown giving back hostages. Begging for it to stop. Begging for the shelling to stop. I think Hamas should be shown to the people who live in Gaza to be weak, petty, despicable fools who murdered 1,400 Israelis, who got over 2,000 Palestinians killed only to capitulate so the people of Gaza will realize who the enemy is and then work with Israel to take them out. In that scenario of mine, 
which experts could agree or disagree with. One must accept that civilians are going to die. I don't want it. I had some troll asking me about it. I was, I was more than willing to answer. I don't want children dead. But it's not about what I want. I just told you, I don't get to decide Israeli policy. I'm an American. This isn't about what I want. This is about what's going to happen. And what's going to happen is innocent people are going to get killed. Why? It's a war. And this, this thought process has completely lost people's minds as I go back to the beginning and this idea of an amnesia of causality. Nobody will even remember or talk about what Hamas did. It's only Israel's terrible response. It's a war. And Israel's response is just fine, by the way. As a matter of fact, I don't even think strong enough. It is a war. The only people who aren't aware of it are the people who refuse to accept the idea that Hamas is guilty. So it's not a war. It's an attack. It's not a war. It's oppression. It's not a war. It's colonizing. Listen, children, it's a war. And in war, people die. And innocent people die too. They died. There were innocent people in World War II and they died. And there were innocent people in World War I and they died. And there were innocent people in Vietnam and they died. It's a war. It's a war. It is a war. I would rather that no one died and everybody left everybody else alone and that was that. But that's not where we are. So let's deal with the reality. Screaming to me, what about the children, doesn't move me. Because if Hamas is allowed to survive, more Jews get killed. And the more Jews get killed, and the more worldwide these supporters of Hamas, like in Canada, like we saw 9,000 people in London, like we saw Israeli flags being desecrated in San Diego, like we saw uh, uh, anti-Semitic graffiti in San Francisco, like we saw rallies in New York, like in my beloved Indianapolis, where people rallied uh, in the center of Indianapolis to sing from the river to the sea, Palestine must be free, which is a call to genocide. I don't believe it's going to stay in Israel. I believe it's going to spread to every corner of the globe. So I need Hamas to be destroyed as a way of reminding everybody else, don't try it. Don't do it. Don't think it. Your beloved Hamas was wrong, and for attacking Israel, they paid the price. If Israel doesn't take out Hamas, in my view, then you are encouraging more attacks. So now I have to pit children against children, my children against their children. I choose my children. Next. I choose the life of my kids over the life of their kids. I say it without an ounce of fear. What about the children? Why are you okay with murdering children? No one's okay with anything. It's just going to happen. The children are going to die because Hamas doesn't care about kids at all. They put their weapons in populated areas and they put their weapons in mosques. They put their weapons in hospitals. They don't care about children. This is the way it's going to go. People need to grow up. War is awful. It is hell. It is ugly.
And if you're one of these people who wants to engage in moral equivocation, well, they're not right. Well, they're not right. Everybody's wrong. Okay, everybody's wrong. They're going to fight it out. We'll see who's standing. I hope it's Israel. No, you're right. There's no way to know what's right and what's wrong in this situation because some people have so blinded themselves to decency and their humanity. They'll fight it out. We'll see who wins. Hamas is willing to give up the hostages. And I believe Israel should not in any way stop the strikes until Hamas surrenders in full. But get the hostages first. I'm Tony Katz. Nikki Haley taking a very definitive third place in that national polling in the run for president. Ramaswamy is starting to fall. That CNN poll having him at 4%. Pence had 5%. His uh, style is catching up with him and not in a good way. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Trump 58, DeSantis 17, Haley 8. That's the latest national poll, but this Iowa one, the Iowa State Civics poll that just came out the other day, October 6th to October 10th. I, can I get the data on that? Right there, there it is. Uh, Trump 55, DeSantis 17, Haley 11. Ramaswamy fallen like a stone, not fallen as far as Mike Pence at 1% in that poll. Ooh. You know, I, there's there's a lot of talk about how uh, uh, Pence is is financially running on fumes. The former vice president, I, I, I believe this. I do. I don't have the proof of it. I'm saying I believe it. Now, this poll that I'm talking about from, from, Iowa, from Iowa State Civics, Oh, this is a problem. This has got 425 likely caucus attendees with a margin of error of 6.1. Trump 55, DeSantis 17, Haley 11. Uh, it, 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 it's, it, you can use Nessa now any way you want. It's both good news and bad news. Six. Margin of error of six. So Trump could be 49 and DeSantis could be 23. You want to go six in each direction? DeSantis is 11 and Haley is 17? Oh, only thing that's true is that Haley has some upswing right now. And with the next debate, which did I hear right? They're giving this thing to NBC? Have we not fired Rona McDaniel yet? Are we crazy? Don't get me wrong. Fox screwed it up. We're going to give this to NBC? And they're going to do it uh, on behalf uh, or in conjunction with Salem, Salem Radio Network and the Republican Jewish Coalition. Oh, good Lord. Good. Uh, is this the time to announce that we will be having a debate watch party? Oh, yeah. That's, that's happening. I, I'll have details uh, for, you, for you next week. Uh, you're going ha- to have to get your ticket early. Uh, speaking of polling, there is polling... Arizona, Georgia, Florida, North Carolina, Michigan. In all of those states, Trump is ahead of Biden. In all of them, Trump is ahead of Biden. Pennsylvania, they're tied at 39%. Now, I still argue that any of the Republican candidates can beat Biden. Biden is weak, and what's happening in Israel has made him weaker. What is happening at the border still? I spoke with Griff Jenkins while he was at the border. You have to hear it to believe it. What he was witnessing 
while he was talking to me. It's frightening and dangerous what's happening, especially with this war. I'm Tony Katz. So as we know, what's happening in Israel is affecting everything. But as we also know, as we talk about on the show all the time, day in and day out, there is no bigger story than the border. The southern border of the United States is the biggest and most important story in the United States because from that, all danger flows. All of the cultural conversations flow. And now we have possible Iranians coming through the border. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, always a pleasure. I spoke with Griff Jenkins from Fox News earlier about this. He was at the border and you'll actually hear the boats go by as Border Patrol is trying to stop people from crossing. He's he's talking to me, he's reporting on what he's seeing literally right behind him. But the bigger story was about a week ago that Griff reported, and this was the headline over at Fox News, Thousands of quote-unquote special interest aliens from Middle East countries stopped at southern border since 2021. That was followed up four days later. Officials apprehend two Lebanese nationals at the southern border amid terror concerns. And then less than a day ago, less than 24 hours ago, U.S. Customs confirms fourth Iranian quote special interest alien unquote apprehended this month in Eagle Pass, Texas. Uh, Griff, normally in any other day, would be like, see, the border is a problem. Now we're tying it to a terrorist attack from Hamas. What is it that you're hearing about these quote-unquote special interest aliens? Well, good morning, Tony. And listen, you can't separate what's happening at our southern border from what you're watching play out over in Israel and the horrific terrorist attack because we have these special interest aliens that are mixed in. Now, I'm in Eagle Pass standing right now, Tony. At this very moment, I'm literally in Eagle Pass. We've had multiple groups. You've got the Texas National Guard standing on one side of the razor wire, migrants on the other side of the wire, as we're speaking, trying to get through here. And most of the migrants in this area have been from Venezuela and Ecuador. And I'll quickly just ask these migrants. They don't dare. So these migrants literally trying to get across the wire now are from Venezuela. But it is the special interest aliens you mentioned that has really got officials on uh, high alert because you've had in just the Eagle Pass Del Rio sector in the first 14 days of the fiscal year, this year began on October 1st, you've had four Iranians apprehended in just this sector across the entire southwest border. You've had more than 30 Iranians in the big news that we just broke this morning is that we know of at least two instances in which Iranians apprehended at our border in the past 14 days. And excuse me, as the border patrol airboat goes down the river, as they try and patrol it, not only looking for migrants crossing, but also contraband, narcotics, as well as doing life-saving because it's a dangerous river and we have multiple groundings every week in this sector. But the news is that the Two instances of Iranians that have been apprehended hit the terrorist screening database. So when these special interest aliens, whether they're from China, Russia, Syria, Lebanon, or Iran, they're separated from the other migrants and go through a extensive uh, deep vetting. And in two instances, they have hit this terrorist screening database, meaning that they potentially have terrorism connections and could potentially pose a significant and serious threat to the homeland. In fact, don't take it from me, Tony, 
anybody can go out there right now at this moment and Google DHS Homeland Threat Assessment. Every year, DHS puts out what they see as the threat and as it relates to the border, to the homeland. And in it, they say specifically that individuals who could pose a potential terrorism threat to the United States continue to try to attempt to enter the homeland. That's their language, not mine. And they specifically highlight the country of Iran as being the, lar- the world's largest state sponsor of terrorism and very active in trying to enter our homeland. Now, make the connection. We know Iran is behind the Hamas attack in Israel. We know Iran is ratcheting up as late as yesterday afternoon, saying that they are going to potentially get involved if Israel does go into Gaza, which we know is a matter of when, not if. And so as all of this is playing out, you cannot take your eye off of what's coming across our open border because it's never been more unsecure. In this sector, by the way, and then I'll shut up because I've given you a lot of information, in just this Eagle Pass sector where we just rattled off the people coming across, you have about 35 to 40 agents on shift every day. It's a small sector. Of the 40 people, 90%, more than 35 of the 40, are literally under that bridge you see in my live shot every day processing migrants. It's left more than 60 miles of unsecure border, wide open, unmonitored, unpatrolled, and unsecure that anything, cartels, terrorists, drugs, you name it, can cross. And that is why it's such a uh, serious threat and concern to officials while we look at what can happen in Israel, could happen here, God forbid. Now, I, I want to go back to this idea of, of who is crossing the border. When I was visiting McAllen uh, just a few months ago to see Chinese nationals, grown men, uh, just waiting to not just be processed, but looking for support, looking for food and in, these, in these shelters that you often see, like in McAllen right near the, the bus station there. Uh, it, it was a jarring sight. And we see constantly the idea of single adult males crossing the border this is one of the great differences in the border than let's say 10 years ago or 20 years ago when it was clearly women and children or a family affair and we have discussed the threat of this and the illogical nature of this of allowing single adult males into the 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 country the connection of what we're seeing to the tsdb as you described it on on twitter x at griff jenkins that's two f's at griff jenkins on twitter x this terrorist screening database how what is the usual number that is hit or is, is this uptick or is this is this a question of well they're here and we're seeing what's happening in israel so there's more worry I'm going to answer that in just one second, because in the last fiscal year, you had 151 migrants in the terror screening database, which was more than the six previous fiscal years combined. But you're going to hear the bow behind me, because literally, as we've been talking, I watched three Mexican Marines chasing one, two, three, four, five migrants, all single males, look to be in about their 20s, crossing the, the, the Mexican military, chase them down a hill they're running from mexican authorities mexican authorities couldn't stop them the four migrants walking across right now in uh right now in in the middle of the river and in the border patrol boat you can see they're i guess gonna try and either stop them or at this point once they get to the u.s side there's nothing we can do tony and this is literally 
how not only migrants from Central and South America, which is what we see a lot of Venezuelans and, and Central Americans in this area, but also people from as far as China are doing to exploit our open border. And right now, playing out before my eyes, and as we are live with you, it is literally happening all day long right here, and there's nothing that our Border Patrol can do. By the way, you mentioned the Chinese over in McAllen. In the first 14 days, there is nearly 2,000 Chinese migrants have crossed in just the past 14 days. He mentions the first 14 days because it's a new fiscal year for the government's calendar for, for government funding. Talking to Griff Jenkins of Fox News, you can catch him weekends as the co-anchor of Fox News Live and nobody does the border quite like uh, Griff covering the border before it was cool. But before you, you were covering the border, you were covering the Middle East. I remember you being embedded, uh, whether it be the invasion uh, of, of Iraq or some of the, the, the other things. Your sources in Israel, you know, you talk about the imminent nature of a ground invasion. You hear Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu uh, say that, you know, they're going to uh, rip out Hamas with force. What are you hearing about this potential ground invasion? And what are your people, As I mean, I don't mean to ask two questions at once, what are your people uh, in D.C. telling you about congressional response? Well, you know, let's start with that. I mean, the congressional response, and I was talking to someone in Kevin McCarthy's office this morning because I'm just purely curious when it is that the House of Representatives, which is now being controlled by Republicans, might get their act together because now you're going there with you there. And that's the boats again. More migrants are crossing up the river. It's an active situation all day long. Whether it is a response to what's happening in Israel or something to be done to secure this doggone border. The House Republicans, of course, don't even have a speaker. We're told the latest intel is that we might get a vote for a speaker come Tuesday. But you're listening to the boats. I've got literally migrants running from Mexican police right in front of us doing nothing, let alone Republicans being able to respond to what's happening in Israel. And, you know, just for everybody who forgot... The legislative branch originates, bills start in the House, then they go to the Senate. Well, without a speaker, nothing can go to the floor. So literally, the legislative branch of our U.S. government has been effectively paralyzed for the better part of two weeks. And that is not a good situation when you consider the gravity and the magnitude of what's playing out on our southern border and in the Middle East as we continue to send more USS carriers, battleship groups over there, because this situation, this powder keg in Israel could turn very quickly into a more regional war. And that that's a, a, a sobering thought for a Monday morning with the stakes so high. Now, just to your other question, Tony, you talked about my sources. I've been in Gaza. I've been in every war zone of the planet in the last two decades. And when you talk, I remember uh, they, they had a Medal of Honor recipient, David Delavia, earlier this morning on Fox. I was listening to him. He was talking about how dense and heavy the fighting was in Fallujah. I was in Fallujah in 2004, 5, 6, and 7. It's unbelievably dangerous urban warfare because in every window, in every nook and cranny, an enemy rifle is pointed at you. An IED is laid on the ground. 
it doesn't matter how badass your Navy SEALs are, they're going to come under fire. And that's what the IDF is going into. And not only are they going into it, <clears throat> in the military, when you talk about softening the target, meaning bombing the heck out of them to lay down you know, an easier path into where you're going, you've seen the bombing in Gaza. But here's the problem. you got more than 100 hostages in there, so you can't bomb everywhere because you might injure the hostages you're going in for. And even if you get into the hornet's nest of Hamas to start eradicating it, they possibly have those hostages uh, 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 on, on the location. And then that can significantly changes the, 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 the battle dynamic. And so what you're about, what we are in for, what's coming, Tony, is going to be some of the most brutal, bloody fighting block by block, foot by foot, inch by inch in Gaza, because it is among the densest of urban populations uh, on the planet and the most dangerous. I mean, people have talked about it a little bit, but you have from, from the southern tip to the northern tip of the Gaza Strip, along the coastline, it's 25 miles. Along the Israel eastern border of the Gaza Strip, it's only 36 miles. So you're talking about having to put in a very large uh, uh, fighting force for a very intense battle in what is a very small area. And, you know, what IDF hopefully has some intelligence, but certainly can't have all the intelligence, is the, the tunnels that are underneath Gaza. And, and, and the, I think we are in for something that, that really even the most seasoned warrior can tell you he doesn't know what's next. And you've got the rubble all over the place from the airstrikes, which make it very impassable. Those tunnels are unbelievably fortified with concrete, and the, the bunker busters have not been able uh, to destroy them. You are, you are certainly not wrong about the intensity. Griff Jenkins right there. Can't thank you enough. Uh, catch him weekends over at Fox News on Fox News Live. More coming up. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. So there's another story out there that's been kind of lost, you know, lost in, in the shuffle of, of everything. And it's I'm not trying to downplay what's going on in Israel. I think you, you know that I, there is an extent to which I feel bad that I'm not getting to everything. There's just so much coming out of Israel. There is so much regarding this Hamas terrorist attack. And I will always refer to it as a Hamas terrorist attack because it was because Hamas is a terrorist organization that absolutely needs to be destroyed. I am clear about this. I apologize for nothing. Let whatever happens, happens. Was it going to cost me a sponsor? Cost me my job? Uh, worth it. Honesty is always worth it. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything going on at TonyKatz.com. No, it's that Republicans took the governor's mansion in Louisiana. Yeah, this happened. The Attorney General, Jeff Landry, who is the Attorney General, Won the governor's race. It has been in Democratic control uh, for eight years. Before that, it was Bobby Jindal, if we remember uh, the name. There's a guy that we ran off that we should not have. Yes, he had a very, very bad response to the State of the Union. Yes, he was a solid, solid governor. Anything else, if you want to share it with me, I might not know about it. might change my opinion. But at, at the time, Bobby Jindal was a solid name and he just got it was a bad response as republicans often give bad responses but landry's 52 
defeated a field of 14 candidates. He won what's known as a jungle primary. So if you you get over 50%, you win. Otherwise, it's it's always the top two or top three vote getters go to a go to a runoff. He won it outright. Won it outright. It's a big deal. It's a big story. It, and you'll notice it's a big story because I might be the only place where you heard it. No one is talking about it. Absolutely no one. Not the CNNs or the MSNBCs. Oh, we got to talk about Israel. It's the most important thing. It, it, it is an incredibly important thing. The attack on Israel is an incredibly important thing. Israel being allowed to protect and defend itself is a very important thing. And most importantly, Israel doing so regardless of what the rest of the world thinks is a very important thing. As we just heard from Griff Jenkins, the issues on the southern border regarding Iranians or others who are a terrorist threat coming across the border, a serious thing. But I was told that the Republican Party is just this big mess and yet took Louisiana. Does that mean that there will be other uh, competitive gubernatorial races with success? I, I don't know. I have absolutely no clue how that might play out. What I do know is that the people refusing to talk about this as bellwether are the people refusing to talk about this. I think you should. I think this should be a bigger story. I think Democrats should have to answer for it. If you're asking me about it politically, oh, this shows that the Republican Party is where Americans are right in their wallet and right in their border safety. And no Democrat comes close. That's how I would spin the story. Because I think both those things are true. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Katz.com.